Hi, I'm David Tanner, your host here on Main Menu. I want to take this opportunity to wish you, your family, and friends the very happiest of holidays and a fantastic new year. We have enjoyed having you with us this year and look forward to having you on Main Menu in the coming year. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful holiday season. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Main Menu Executive Producer Chase Crispin, and I'm here for just a few seconds to wish all of you a very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas, and I would like to wish you the very best for 2014. We have very much enjoyed bringing you a new and exciting Main Menu program every week throughout 2013, and we hope you will continue to return every week and listen to Main Menu throughout 2014. Have a great holiday season blessed and happy new year and hey if you receive a nice tech item in your christmas stocking this year feel free to let us know about it and review it on main menu thank you and happy holidays from all of us right here at acb radio mainstream's main menu Hi everybody, this is Mary Emerson wishing all of you and your friends and your family and everybody a fabulous holiday season full of good food and fun surprises and technology and whatever. And also want to wish you a very, very happy 2014. Let's hope it's a good year for all of us. Hi there, Main Menu listeners. This is Tim Cummings, Main Menu staff member, wishing everybody a very happy holiday. Welcome to the Main Menu 2013 in Review. I'm your host, David Tanner, and alongside with me today is our executive producer, Chase Crispin, and we are here to review with you the events of 2013 and the technology and assistive technology field, and welcome, Chase. Thanks, David. It's great to be on the show co-hosting like this. I think we have a really interesting show Today, it's going to be a two-hour special, so hopefully you'll all enjoy it. It'll probably be nice for some of you that have listened to our show all year to kind of hear some of the things that we've really focused on this year. And if you're not a regular main menu listener, maybe this will give you an idea of the type of things that we cover and want to make you come back and listen more. So welcome to the program, and thanks for listening. We have a list of things that we went through this year and uh, covered on main menu there were a lot of things that uh, of course we covered that won't be on our list but we kind of tried to hit the main things i think and uh, and so we started out the year with uh, chase took a trip to florida in january you know how some of these young guys are they 
think the first thing they got to do is head off to Florida when it comes to cold weather. <laughs> and uh, Chase did an interview with the folks from Microsoft while he was at the ATIA convention back in, in um, January. You want to talk a little bit about that? You know, going to ATIA was a really interesting experience for me because it was the first major convention that I had been to. And so I got to meet a lot of the people that I've been emailing for a few years. And I got to, you know, meet people that I've only talked to on Skype and we're doing interviews, things like that. So it was a really fun experience. And it was a real honor to be able to meet Dan Hubble from Microsoft, who's the head of their accessibility. And I got to talk with him about Windows 8 accessibility, the new narrator. We talked about the Microsoft Surface and how that's accessible and just sat down and recorded a quick interview in the hotel at ATIA and put it on main menu and it was really popular because I think it was the first time that we actually had someone from Microsoft on air. So it was a really interesting experience and we talked about quite a few interesting things. Hello, Main Menu listeners. I'm Chase Crispin, and I am very pleased to be here with Dan Hubble, who is a Senior Marketing Manager for Accessibility at Microsoft, and we just caught up here at ATIA 2013 to talk about Microsoft accessibility in Windows 8 and in Microsoft Surface. Dan, thank you very much for being here today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, we've had a few demonstrations of Windows 8 on Main Menu, but can you go ahead for people who might not have listen to that. Just give us an overview of the different accessibility that isn't now included in Windows. Absolutely. Well, the, the main changes that uh, people will recognize are the rebuild of Narrator. We, we took the old Narrator from Windows 7, Windows Vista, Windows XP. It's been uh, completely thrown out and rebuilt from the ground up, uh, utilizing UI Automation, which is our accessibility API that was first introduced in Windows Vista. And so that is the first main, I think, and the, probably the most visible um, change that we've made to our accessibility settings. Office 2013, in fact, now supports Narrator on Windows 8. So the combination of those two, you can read your documents uh, and you can do all of the things that uh, I know a lot of people missed with the old version of Narrator and older versions of Office. You know, off the top of my head, there aren't any huge limitations that I know of. Of course, there are going to be places that... that uh, things don't work. An example of that would be an app developer that has created an app that they have not done the work to make their application accessible to uh, any AT. I mean, not just narrator, but to any AT because they haven't done the appropriate work. We have more work to do there in educating developers on the best practices for how to develop software. But beyond that, that's probably the largest uh, gap that we still see. You mentioned preferences for narrator a while ago. What preferences are there? How much can you control? It, it's essentially the, you know, the basics that you have. You have speed, you've got pitch, you've, you've got uh, uh, several, a choice of several voices. I think there are three that ship uh, by default. Uh, I should mention that it's available in eight languages. So you've got U.S. English, U.K. English, French, Spanish, German, uh, Japanese, Chinese, uh, simplified Chinese, and traditional Chinese. So you've got eight languages to choose from. So that's one preference. Uh, and then there are a number of other utilities that allow you to change preferences like um, uh, what it reads and how much it's reading and that sort of thing. How many gestures does Narrator have? I know that you can obviously move from item to item, open things, but 
Can you do things like move by headings or links on web pages just by using gestures? Yes, you can. There are gestures that you can move between uh, the hierarchy tree of, of content on the page. Um, if you tap uh, with four fingers on the screen three times, uh, it'll actually bring up the menu of gestures that you can use. Uh, so anytime you get lost, all you have to do is tap on the screen three times with four of your fingers, and that'll bring up the menu uh, for you to read that. Before we conclude, can you give us some resources or places that people can go to find out more about these accessibility features or maybe even to get in touch with someone who may be able to help them with accessibility questions? Absolutely. So the best thing, uh, there's two questions there. The first best resource is to go to our website, which is microsoft.com slash enable. And that's our accessibility website where we aggregate content for all of our products, Windows, Office, uh, Internet Explorer, uh, where you can go to find information about the accessibility features in our product. Beyond that, if you do have um, issues, please feel free to call Microsoft Support for any product that you have um, uh, that you may have purchased from us. Based on, on on some of the things that you guys talked back um, January, have you seen things pretty much this year go along pretty long with uh, pretty much along with what uh, Dan had indicated that they were going? Or yeah, I think so. They've been making a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. I think we all know that Narrator in earlier versions of Windows wasn't really pleasant to use. You couldn't do a lot with it, but they've done a lot of work getting Windows 8 accessible. Um, even with the touch screen on the surface, you can use Narrator. And we haven't yet been able to cover this on main menu, but we're certainly looking forward to talking about this in 2014, that Windows Phone 8 is finally becoming accessible. So Microsoft has done a great job this year moving their accessibility forward. Well, at least there's going to be some accessibility there. That's more than we can say for yeah. Windows 7 phone. David Woodbridge did this demo of the Surface RT, and, and this was pretty quickly after it was released. Mm -hmm. This was really the first Windows tablet, or really the first tablet other than the iPad and the Nexus 7 that was really accessible. So we were glad that David brought us this demo and... Uh, Hope this little excerpt from it will show you just how good the accessibility of the little Surface is. Welcome to this demonstration of the Surface RT, the tablet from Microsoft. And in this demonstration, I thought I'd go through some of the gesture and keyboard features for Narrator on the Surface RT. With the Surface RT, you can only run apps from the Microsoft Store and of course the modified versions of Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, etc. The one that I've got has also got the Type Touch keyboard and that's the magnetic keyboard that attaches to the bottom of the Surface RT itself. I've got the Surface in my hand and it really wants to be used in landscape mode or sideways mode because at the back of the Surface, down the bottom, there's a pull-out stand that I've just pulled out now and I'm seeing that on the table and that actually has it at the right angle for using the touchscreen and of course if you had vision to watch the screen as well. Okay, so I've currently got the Type Touch keyboard which is magnetically attached to the bottom of the Surface RT and remember this is sold separately. So if I pull that down... tip. Volume level 26. Okay, as you can tell, I've just woken up the surface by pulling down the keyboard. 
So now what I've basically got on my table now, I'm just going to pop it on my lap, is I've got a nice laptop keyboard with a trackpad in front of it. So it does feel like a normal laptop style keyboard. And of course the Surface RT behind it currently on my lap. Now if you don't have Narrator running at the login screen, you can press, if you've got a keyboard of course, the Windows key plus U for the ease of access center and you can enable narrator in that dialog box to then use the login screen for Windows. If you want to navigate with the gestures on the screen with narrator it's a one finger flick left or right to move item by item and then a one finger double tap to activate the item. If I wanted to stop the speech on the touch screen I would just do a two finger touch on the screen. If I wanted to stop it talking with the keyboard, I'll just press the control key. Now, if you want to find out the current commands that are available for you to use when you're in a particular screen, you can do a four finger touch on the screen. Available item commands window, focus on search box, editing explorable text. Okay, so let me do one finger flick to the right. Vertical, scroll, line up button, page down, line down button, Activate, 1 of 13, double tap to activate. Scroll into view, 2 of 13, double tap to activate. Place text insertion point, 3 of 13, double tap to activate. Okay, and of course if I kept Three, going, non-selected, now towards the bottom of this list would be an option to look at all the commands for narrator. So that four finger touch just brings up a list of current commands that you can get access to when you're using Narrator on a current screen. Now if you wanted to actually bring up Narrator itself to make any changes to the interface, that's a three finger touch on the screen. Narrator settings window, focus on general, change how Narrator starts and other standard settings, button. Okay, so that's general settings for Narrator, one finger flick to the right again. Navigation. Change how you interact with your PC using Narrator. Button. Double tap to activate. That's navigation. One finger flick to the right again. Voice. Change the speed, pitch or volume of the current voice or choose a new voice. Button. Double okay, tap to, to activate. Voice. One finger flick to the right again. Commands. Create your own keyboard commands. Button. Double tap to activate. Okay, define your own keyboard commands. One finger flick to the right again. Minimize this window and return to your app. Button. Double tap to activate. So double tap on the minimize button to minimize this window. One finger flick to the right again. Exit narrator. Button. Double tap to activate. And if I double tap that, I will actually exit narrator. Now remember this might be obvious to what I've been talking about so far. This is straight windows. So of course we've got all our normal commands. I can press Alt-Tab. Running programs. Current application narrator settings one of three. Okay, Non-selected. I've still got the Alt key held down. Tab again. Demo notepad two of demo three. Notepad. Non-selected. Alt-Tab again. Desktop three of three. Non-selected. Okay, so if I lift my finger up of the alt key, I'm back on the desktop. And I find the easiest way to get to the system tray, I can get to it on the touch screen, but 
as you can probably notice by now it's you tend to use a combination of the touchscreen and the keyboard to whatever feels appropriate. So I'm actually going to do Windows and B, which case to Focus the system tray. Focus on notification chevron button. Okay, Tool and tip, double tap on show that. hidden notification overflow pane. And one finger flip to the right. 1449, Thursday, February the 7th, 2013. And one finger flip to the right again. Show desktop button. 65% remaining button. Double tap power, to activate. And of course, I want to just get rid of that. One finger flick down. Start menu, pane, focus on mail. And I'm back to the start menu. So really, when you're using the Surface RT or Windows that I guess in general, you are really focusing on the start menu all the time. New Victor Reader stream. Um, that came out around... Um, I believe it actually came out at CSUN, if, I'm, if I remember right. I don't think it was actually released was it at ATIA? I don't think it was. I think people were pre-ordering it yeah, and they uh, had it on I'm display. Thinking. But I think it was released at CSUN. At, yeah. at CSUN. And uh, it's been through a few, a couple or so different uh, upgrades this year. So basically they started out with um, new voices and much improved voices better volume it's quite a bit smaller quite thinner. a bit smaller size yeah yeah um wireless yep uh and although the wireless really wasn't usable until what about the end of summer i guess before it really became usable but it is quite usable now and with the wireless uh, for getting podcasts and that kind of things um and, and this interview that we're going to play part of um, was another one from ATIA and uh, so you'll get to hear not only from Humanware about the new stream but you'll also get to hear a little bit of just the exhibit hall noise and the convention environment. Hello Main Menu listeners, this is Chase Crispin at ATIA 2013 here in Orlando. I'm speaking with Mike Tyndall from Humanware all about the brand new Victor Reader stream. We do have the second generation stream um, it's about 25% smaller than our first original strength. Some of the key features that we've done, we've added um, a better speaker. So we have more volume now that you're able to have. You guys can be across the room and actually still be able to hear the stream quite well. If you're in the kitchen cooking or whatever, you're listening to a book. Um, all of the usability features of the stream have remained the same. So we've changed nothing about how you use it. Uh, it now does have a built-in clock. A lot of people ask for that. We also have uh, higher quality voices. We are now using acapella, and we have the highest quality Ryan and Heather English voices that's available. Another quick point is that if you're recording, uh, you can plug in a stereo microphone and record in stereo. Uh, if you're recording with the internal microphone, we're still using mono for that. It does have wireless connectivity using Wi-Fi. So uh, in the first um, update that we're doing right now, we're allowing it to um, connect to a Wi-Fi device, a hotspot, and um, you can actually update your stream directly from the Wi-Fi as well as get an NLS key 
to play in our last books. Humanware also recently made a couple of announcements about changes to their Braille notes. Can you talk what you guys have done to the Braille note? I certainly will, yes. Um, I'm very proud today to be able to announce to you that we have reduced the price of the Braille notes. We have reduced the price on all three units, as well as uh, there will be no more software maintenance agreements required. So we give away the software for free on the stream and on the breeze. So now we're able to do that as well for the Braille node, and that will mean more upgrades for you um, as we come out with something that needs to be upgraded or changed. Uh, we can very quickly add that and make it available to everyone um, who owns a Braille note. And the Prodigy, I'll tell you what, um, it, it's it's an amazing machine, and I can't really, I'm, I'm saying machine, but I want to say to you, it's more than just a machine, it's, it, it's, you know, everybody thought when it came out and Primarily now, it still is considered a low vision device, but wow, it's a whole lot more than that. And folks, um, I, I'm here to tell you, by by uh, the middle of 2014, uh, you'll be, you'll have uh, totally blind people using Prodigy uh, as as much as anybody else, um, because the real base of Prodigy is that um, you may have a desktop unit, okay? But it's actually being run by a slate, uh, which you can pull that slate out and use it by itself uh, as, a, as a handheld magnifier. You're going to be, you can do OCR with it. You can, you, you're going to be able to use it as a note taker. Uh, you're going to be able to, to to connect your Braille display Bluetooth to it. Uh, what is up for that device over the next six months, a year? I mean, I just went to a, a, a meeting back in mid-December where the product guy from, from Humanware from, from up in Canada came to our office and did a presentation and showed the thing, and it, it's just it's it's unbelievable what this this really is is going to be, <laughs> what it is already and what it's going to be. So, I'm looking forward to covering it more on main menu this I'm coming year. I'm very anxious. This, I'm very think, anxious, and uh, uh, the the guy our our regional representative from Humanware has agreed, and he and I. We'll be talking right after the first day of the year about setting up a time to record an interview where he will go through the the entire technology, explain it, explain how it works, how it all sets up. Um, and he and I have already talked about this, and he and I both believe that it can be done to you know in such a way that folks listening to Main Menu are going to really understand what it's all about. And when you understand what it's all about, it's going to blow your mind. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I think this is really a trend that we're going to see more of, that we have this. I think Is it a mainstream, just a regular tablet inside of the... I mean, no, is that what it's based off? Oh, no, it is not. It is okay. their own tablet. 
but it's still a tablet as opposed yes. to something really proprietary. Mm-hmm. And so you have this mobile device, and then when you're at home, you can hook it up with your full-size screen. So I think that's something we're going to really be talking about throughout 2014 here on Main Menu is just how people are using these newer technologies like tablets and Android and those types of um, mainstream technologies and using them in different ways. This is their own tablet, but it is based on Android operating system. And that has some really interesting possibilities. That makes it really interesting because they've taken Android and developed their own their own uh, stuff for it, their own speech, etc., etc. So <laughs> it begins to give you an, it begins to give you an idea, and when you stop and think that, regardless of which system you have, or any of about four different systems, they're all based on that tablet, and without the tablet, the unit is nothing because the operating system everything is is in the tablet. That the tablet is only, and the tablet's only like a thousand dollars. Yeah, and that saves money because you're not paying for a whole desktop magnifier. You know, you just have these parts that you hook up the tablet to and then you have you know your full size monitor or your handheld solution. Right. It's an interesting concept and we're definitely gonna be checking more into it. It's going to be exciting. I'm very pleased to have with me today on Main Menu, Mr. Greg Stilson from HumanWare. Greg is the product manager for Braille and GPS products for HumanWare. You have quite a few things to talk about today, so we will get right into the first thing you have to talk about. The product that we just announced uh, yesterday is uh, is called Prodigy, and Prodigy is uh, basically a, it's a new a new type of low vision device and I'm not going to call it a CCTV because it's different. <laughs> Prodigy consists of a 5-inch tablet, so uh, picture an Android tablet, um, and that Android tablet is the brains of the device. Um, it consists of uh, incredible camera uh, optics, and uh, you can use that, that tablet as a low-vision magnifier. Um, so you can use it as your handheld magnifier in the store. You can walk around, look at price tag, things like that. But what on this magnifier is, uh, or on this tablet, is a capture button. So if you hold your your magnifier over you know, something that you want to view or keep or whatever, you can actually snap a picture of it. What we also do with this is we do significant, uh, what we, we call it diamond edge text. And what that is, is um, you basically see within three seconds, you'll see a digital version of the text that you just took. Um, and the benefits of this is that the digit, when, you, when you're using a low vision magnifier, a handheld magnifier, the problem is that as you move around you um, and you're trying to read and things like that, the camera will flicker. It'll go in and out. It'll fluctuate, you know, go out of focus and things like that. With our diamond edge text technology, um, after the picture is snapped, you get perfect digital text. And you could zoom in up to 80 times on this digital text and move around uh, using, and, and everything's done with touch and tap technology. So you're just, you're moving around the document by sliding your finger along the screen. Okay. And uh, the beautiful thing is that you, you see absolutely no flickering. Everything's perfectly smooth. But what's more is that, so I, I've just talked about the tablet as a handheld magnifier right now. The beauty of this is that we offer what's called the Duo. Um, and the Duo is 
uh, basically, it looks like your traditional CCTV. So, uh, But on the top of it is a docking station. And you actually can go out, you can snap pictures, whatever, but you can go back to your home. And this docking, this uh, this duo station has a either, a, I think it's a 19 or a 22-inch monitor or something like that, 20 or 24, I'm not sure. Um, and it looks like a CCTV, but what you do is you dock the tablet right in the top, and now you actually, the tablet functions as the camera for this, this desktop CCTV kind of situation. But there is no XY table. On the, on the base of this, this uh, duo station is the touchpad. And you can operate everything from this touchpad. Um, you can have, you know, traditional uh, 8.5 by 11 pieces of paper. That, let's say you get a piece of mail or something like that and you want to throw it under this duo station. You throw the paper down there. You can either zoom in and zoom out using pinch gestures, things like that, and see it in real time. Or you can capture perfect pictures of the, the text and look at it in the diamond edge stuff. And so you, you can look at it without having any of the flickering, things like that. And if your eyes get tired, the nice thing is you can hit a button on here and once you've snapped that picture, um, text-to-speech will actually read the document to you. The micro site or the site that um, takes your right to Prodigy is just simply humanware.com slash Prodigy and Prodigy is spelled P-R-O-D-I-G-I. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, questions, suggestions, and any other feedback that you may have very important. To interact with us on the show, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. If you would like to find past show archives and more information about Main Menu, you can visit our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with us on Twitter and see all the latest show news, you can follow us by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu or by following at Main Menu. If you would like to receive show announcements in your inbox and interact with other Main Menu listeners, you can subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. If you're interested in other ACB Radio programming besides Main Menu, you can learn more about ACB Radio by visiting www.acbradio.org. If you would like to receive Main Menu as a weekly podcast, you can do so by subscribing to the Main Menu podcast feed with the URL http slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.php. You can also hear us by subscribing to Main Menu in the iTunes Store or by finding us in the iBlink radio app made by Serotech for iOS and Android-powered devices. Finally, we are heard on radio reading services from all over the world. The radio reading service in your state or country may already be carrying Main Menu every week. If you would like to receive announcements about the latest ACB radio programming news, including Main Menu, you can subscribe to the ACB radio announce-only mailing list by sending an email to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. 
Finally, if you would like to interact with listeners of all ACB radio programs, you can subscribe to the ACB radio friends list by sending a blank email to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Anytime that you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that you would like us to hear, please get in touch with us. Mavericks release. I believe you and David pretty much covered the Mavericks release. Yeah, it was one of those things that surprised us. Usually on main menu, we have the newer operating systems covered as soon as they come out. And uh, I don't think we were really expecting Mavericks to come out. I just looked at Apple one day, and no, it was released. So uh, we kind of put that interview together quickly, but it turned out really well. Um, (laughs) We were also surprised because it was free. First operating system for the Mac that I can think of that has been a free update. Um, Pretty interesting features, too. So uh, it was fun to get to talk with David Woodbridge about all the new features. Well, it, it apparently, and I was just listening to something last night, and I won't say who or what, but I was just listening to it, and there was a discussion of the same thing. And um, apparently, they believe that, that very possibly, in the future, uh, Apple may not charge for updates in their uh, operating system. Yeah, they don't, you know, if you look at, how many people buy iPads and iPhones, they're getting most of their money from selling the hardware, whether it's the portable devices or their you know, iMac desktop or anything like that. So when they charge $10 for an OS upgrade, they're not really getting as much money from that as they are just from hardware. So I wouldn't be surprised if the next one's free too. Yeah, when you look back, and what they were pointing out too, what I was listening to there last night, was pointing out when you look at um, Snow Leopard was twenty nine ninety nine, uh, and then and then uh, Lion and Mountain Lion were both uh, twenty, and then Mavericks is free. I mean, it's, been, it's pretty obvious that they they have not been charging much of anything for their operating system for a long time. You know, so. Um, there seems to be an idea that growing out there that that Apple may have decided they're just not going to charge uh, actually for OS upgrades. Now, if Microsoft can just start following that, I would be happy. <laughs> well, and and somebody said, did they think that uh, Microsoft was headed the same way based on the? Windows 8.1, and everybody kind of see, seems to say, no, they didn't think so. That, that Microsoft is more focused on the, the software. That's Microsoft's big thing with Office. So I'm sure that, that they'll continue to charge just because they're not as focused on selling hardware as Apple is. Well, yeah, and the other thing is that basically um, Windows... You know, Microsoft is more look was more looking at 8.1 as not an operating system upgrade. It was more like a service pack. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it, it was more like 
a major service pack release, which they've never charged for service packs. Right, because there wasn't a lot of new features. It was just mainly um, fixing some of the big problems in the original Windows 8. Yeah, there really weren't... I mean, there really wasn't that much really new in 8.1 when you really come down to it. We didn't really say too much about it on our show. I know we told you about it when it was released, but other than that, we didn't really specifically focus on 8.1 because it was just an improved Windows 8. There wasn't anything that we could say... This is a new feature. You know, it was just faster and less bugs and more stable. Right, right. And uh, speaking of of Mavericks, speaking of Apple, speaking of Windows 8.1, I'm just going to mention something to people in case they would be interested in knowing because... I know a few people that have run into this situation, and with all the new computers out there this time of the year that people have just gotten, uh, might mention to people, if you've just recently gotten a new Mac, let's say a MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, or whatever, and you're thinking of putting Windows 8.1 on it, um, there's one thing you really need to know. Uh, we have discovered uh, a couple of people that I know of have discovered the hard way that um, you do not start out by installing Windows 8.1 uh, in boot camp. Uh, you start out by installing Windows 8, which is still available. You can still buy it in the marketplace. You buy Windows 8, and then you uh, and then you install it in Boot Camp, and then you go to the Windows web page and update to Windows 8.1. Reason being, if you install directly, you get an 8.1 disk, and you install it that directly without installing 8. Uh, you will have no wireless. Installing Windows 8.1 in Boot Camp uh, when you first install Boot Camp, you will not be able to use the wireless. But if you install 8, get your wireless going, and then you can update to 8.1 and you're fine. Just something that we have learned uh, because we've seen several people have the problem and confirmed that is the definitely the issue. So just thought I, well, this might be a good place to bring that up. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and I am once again speaking with David Woodbridge. And today we are talking about more new things from Apple. We have some new hardware for both the Mac and the iPads, and we also have a new operating system for the Mac. So we have Quite a bit to talk about. First of all, many people have probably already heard, but there is now an iPad Air. That's right. So the, I guess the main difference between the current iPad and the new iPad Air, and that's going to be the name of the, the iPad now, so it'll be the iPad Air. Of course, it's basically thinner and lighter, which Apple seems to always do with their products. And, of course, it's got the, the full retina display. Uh, but primarily, it's basically thinner and lighter. 
But of course, the other interesting thing they also did was alongside announcing the iPad Air, they also announced a new iPad Mini Retina. Now, you literally have four iPads to choose from. So in the full size iPad range, Apple has still kept the iPad 2, which um, I think we were talking about before came out in 2011, and the iPad Air. And the smaller iPad, the iPad Mini, which Apple has still kept the current version of the iPad Mini, which is non-retina. And then you can have the iPad Mini Retina. So, of course, both the iPad 2 and the current iPad Mini are a lot cheaper than their, you know, the, the brand-new cousins. And, of course, the other major thing they mentioned was the fact that Mavericks itself was released as if today of the keynote. And surprise, surprise, that caught everybody unaware is the fact that upgrading to Mavericks is completely free. Moving on now to the Mavericks, which is the new operating system that replaced Mountain Lion, go ahead and talk about some of the major changes to the operating system itself, and then after that we'll get into some of the accessibility changes. One of the two applications that did get put into Mavericks, which is on the iPhone, of course, uh, is firstly Maps and iBooks. So the nice thing about Maps on the Mac is that you can very quickly do a search for a destination. So I could very quickly type in my friend's home address. I can then confirm my origin point from where I'm starting from, and then I can get access to the direct list of instructions. But what's even cooler than that is the fact that I can go to my share option in the toolbar and say, send these directions to my iPhone. I then jump into Maps on my iPhone, and there's the directions to my friend's house ready to go. I just press the Start button, and hey, presto, I'm off traveling to my friend's place. The other option that, of course, is to do with um, the Mac in general is the fact that now you can do what's called offline voice dictation. So if you go into System Preferences, dictation and speech and go into the dictation tab you can actually turn on what's called offline dictation mode now so it downloads the appropriate software to your hard drive and you can literally sit there and talk to your mac as in voice dictate to the cows come home now rather than having it go off to the apple servers which it used to in mountain lion you've got now called icloud keychain which actually remembers passwords and your credit card numbers between all your, if you like, your Apple devices. So, for example, when I log on to a website on Safari on my Mac and I put in my password for it, because I've got iCloud Keychain running, when I log into that same web page using Safari on, let's say, my iPad Mini, it knows that I've already done that on my other machine and I don't have to remember my password for that particular website. So that's actually very, very handy. You've actually got switch control now for the Mac as well. So if you have physical issues navigating the keyboard or using the mouse or the trackpad, you can actually have the Mac scan on the screen and then you can choose to select different options um, by just pressing a switch control, like an external switch control, or pressing a key on your keyboard or doing something on your trackpad and so on. Of course, there's quite a few new voices. So, the, of course, the 
that you can download these for the full-size premium voices. The iWork Suite, that's been completely updated. But one of the really exciting things in the iWork Suite is the fact that Pages, after about four years, uh, now it's been updated, you can actually use tables in Pages now. Pages table navigation is absolutely fantastic. Uh, iOS 7, iPhone, 5S, 5C i touch uh has anything happened with those in the last six months or so chase oh just a few big things um people really get excited about the new apple technology especially in the blind community where it's so accessible and i think we all know that ios 7 uh was released probably four months ago now somewhere around there yeah close and um that had a lot of changes in the uh, operating system, mostly visually, but there were a lot of accessibility improvements. There was also the release of, as you just said, David, the iPhone 5S and the 5C, which that's the first time Apple's released two new iPhones. And so uh, I again got to speak with David Woodbridge about all of the new Apple technology, and we talked about the new iPhones, the new iOS, and found out all of the info, which is really exciting just to see, even though Apple has awesome accessibility in their products, they're still finding ways to improve voiceover, improve the user experience, um, accommodate people with multiple disabilities through the switch control. They just keep on uh, coming up with good ideas, so it's always a pleasure to talk to David and find out what they've been doing. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and today I am speaking with a very familiar voice. I'm speaking with David Woodbridge from Australia. And we're talking about new Apple hardware and software. Today, as we're recording this, Apple made a pretty anticipated announcement about some new hardware, and they didn't announce one, but two new iPhones. Apple announced today two iPhones to replace the iPhone 5, and that's the iPhone 5C and the iPhone 5S. And basically, with the 5C, it comes in a 16 or 32 gig version. It's still got an A6 processor. And it's got a polycarbonate back, or if you're like me, a plastic back. Um, and it comes in different colors, a range of six colors. And then to complement that color combination in the case, you can also get multiple colors in a rubber case with a cutout on the back that tend, that sort of contrasts with the color of the phone backing as well. It's basically got the same camera as the, the 5, and it will come shipped with iOS 7. So basically the 5C is basically a slightly cheaper phone by about $100. Um, That's if you bought it outright. I know in the States you have contracts that you can get it cheap, but unfortunately here in Australia, I checked on the price of the iPhone 5C and the 16 gig one was approximately $650 and the 16 gig iPhone 5S was actually $750. So not particularly cheap, really. Um, but getting up to the 5S, um, the 5S has got an A7 processor, and one of the big things they did announce is that this is the first mobile phone that has 64-bit processing. So like a PC, where you've got 32 or 64-bit processing, you can do 64-bit now in the iPhone, and of course it'll also use 32-bit based programs as well. And Another really interesting chip it's got now called the M7, and basically that's a low-powered chip to monitor things like your movement, so it does, it tracks the accelerometer, 
the gyro and that sort of stuff. And it, it looks like Apple's really getting into the health and fitness realm. Again, it's 1632, but plus being a the brand new iPhone, it's 64 gig as well for memory. Um, it'll come preloaded with iOS 7. Of course, as usual, it's got a better camera. They always seem to put better cameras, of course, every time they update. And of course, the, the, the big announcement, which sort of everybody knew about already via the gossips on the web, is the thumbprint scanner. Uh, so what that is, is you put your thumb on the home button and around the little home button, there's a, a stainless steel band and that's to sort of detect that you're putting your thumb or finger on the thumbprint scanner. And what it will do is two things. It'll either unlock your iPhone for you, but you can still put in a PIN number, we assume. Or when you're purchasing items off you know, the App Store, the iBook Store, or the iTunes Store, you can also get it to authenticate uh, your purchase. So you don't have to type in your password. You can just use the thumbprint scanner. I think the other thing we didn't mention about the 5S is that it now comes in gold. It does. We forgot about that. It comes in gold, which is fine, which other people were calling it different colors, but it's gold, white, and before it was called black, but now they're calling it space gray. Transitioning now into iOS 7, which is the operating system that's going to power these new iPhones, there are obviously tons of new features. Can you just kind of go over the most important new features within iOS 7. I would suggest to, particularly to low vision people, because the iPhone looks very different to voiceover users, it's not going to make that much difference, but to low vision users, it definitely looks a lot, lot different. There are some issues with contrast, with transparent icons and so on. So I would urge anybody who's low vision to definitely have a look at someone else's first before you do the upgrade after the 18th of September. But some of the really cool features of iOS 7, and of course, the first one is the control center. And for voiceover users, that's where you can do a three-finger flick up from the status menu. And in there, you can access and turn things on and off, such as airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. One of the things in the control center is that's where your airplay to your airplay speakers is. Previously, when you wanted to get the spotlight, you would be at your initial home screen that contained messages, uh, you know, your maps, weather icons and everything else. Well, now if you press the home button from that screen, it doesn't go anywhere. So if you're a voiceover user, the way to get to Spotlight now so you can search for you know, music or apps is to basically touch one of the icons. So touch one finger on, say, weather or flick to it with left and right and then do a three-finger flick down and that will then bring up the Spotlight search for you. The other nice thing is some improvements to Siri. And one of the really nice things to do with Siri is that you can actually tell Siri to activate accessibility options. So you can actually say voiceover on or off, uh, zoom on or off, invert colors on or off. You can do all that and it just turns them on and off. So rather than having, you know, to have your home button set to triple click home for say voiceover you can activate siri and just say voiceover on it'll turn it on will triple click home still work yes it will okay triple click home will still work you could also get it to read your messages or your emails so i said to siri the other day read my mail 
and lo and behold, it said, you've got a mail message from so-and-so, subject so-and-so. And then when it got to the fifth one, it said, do you want to read any more? And I said, no. And then I said, read my first email. And it actually read out my first email to me. And the other thing that I haven't tested in Australia is it actually now supports the Nemeth Braille code in the US. So um, that's also now supported. And the other really, really cool thing to mention about Braille is that particularly if you're a deafblind person, you've got an option now that you can tell uh, VoiceOver to leave the on-screen keyboard on the screen, which means when you pass your iPhone or iPad to a sighted person, the keyboard remains on the screen so that you can type on your Braille device, the sighted person can type on the on-screen keyboard. So are, are, are you... You and David thinking that you may get together and do some um, stuff on some of the more recent uh, uh, iOS 7 updates and some of the things that have changed? Or... Um, there hasn't been. There's been a few changes, uh, but they're mostly bug fixes. But if I know that there is some rumors out about iOS 7.1 that might be coming out in the next month or two, when that comes out, if there's some changes, we'll certainly cover those. But up to this point, um, it's been just minor updates. Okay. Well, one of the things that we all love to do and get more access to is books to read. And this year, we have had a large increase in the number of books that we can access, as well as the ways in which we can access and read those books. And one of the long-awaited um, book access methods, I guess, is the NLS Bard app for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and the iPad. And David, you got to speak with NLS directly about this new app. Talked with them a little bit, and need to get back with them here right after the beginning of the year, and and kind of see where things are. Um, I know we had some network issues at NLS the day I interviewed them, and which kind of um, made things a little difficult. We did manage to get a bit of an interview in. Um, but uh, yes, I spoke with uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Judy Dixon and uh, talked about the thing, well, some of the things that they. Uh, had in the new app and uh, about how to set up braille displays and so forth for use with the with the Bard app. And it is quite popular. I think a lot of people are anxious to see uh, a new release, uh, an update come out. Uh, I think quite a few of us are aware there that there are some things that need attention, and they are also. And I'm sure they're working on that, but it's been quite a fall, of course, with some of the stuff that's gone on with the economics and so forth with the federal government, too. So I'm sure it that is a great little app, though. It's it nice to be able to is. use it. It's a nice app, and uh, I have discovered that uh, some of the things that, that uh, yes, are a problem, there are some ways around some of those problems. But anyway, it's fantastic app, and it certainly uh, is uh, ha has uh, filled uh, the needs for for an awful lot of us. And um, as the months go by in 2014, I'm sure it'll get even better. I am very pleased to have with us today on Main Menu, Dr. Judy Dixon, Consumer Service 
Officer from National Library Service and Neil Bernstein from National Library Service. We are here today to talk about BARD Mobile, the BARD app that runs on iOS devices. This is the iOS version of BARD Mobile. And the app was released in the App Store on September 12th. It will run on iDevices that are running iOS 4.3 and later. The app also has a Get Books tab. In the Get Books tab, you'll have the wish list and the categories of recently added books. You can only download books from the wish list and from recently added. This is going to change later, but this is how it is right now. Uh, you, there's also a Browse Bard link on that page, and if you browse Bard, you can go into the regular part of Bard and, and search in other ways, and in, in there, you can add books to your wish list for downloading. So you can actually do it all with the Bard mobile app. It's just that you ha can only download books either from your wish list or from the recently added. Bard mobile also need Braille books, and it, the Braille books uh, you download in a very similar way and read them with a Braille display. There's a now reading Braille screen that has all kinds of cool features. You can search the Braille book. You can jump by page. You can jump by volume. And it displays the Braille file in a very similar way to the actual reading of the book. You see blank lines and blank spaces, and it's very similar to a physical paper book. If you're a Braille reader, that you go into the user guide and read section 7 on how to use Braille. There's a large number of keyboard shortcuts that make reading much, much easier, and it's well worth uh, learning those before you go in to read Braille. What about using, you know, Braille books is, is one thing, but um, and I've never tried it, uh, but I'm wondering, since you do have Braille music, how well can a person do it reading Braille music on, uh, through the app on a refreshable Braille display? Very well. We have quite a lot of Braille music, and people are using it very well. Um, it's people like using Braille music with a Braille display. We'd love to hear from you. Um, most importantly, if you need help, you can email Bard Mobile Support, that's all one word, at loc.gov. That's a place where you can get support, or you can contact your network library. Up until this past summer, summer of 2013, you would say Kindle, and a lot of people in the blind community would just groan because we never thought there would be any accessibility to the Kindle. A few years ago, there was a basic Kindle model that was accessible, but since then, Amazon uh, really hasn't been too receptive to accessibility until the last few months when we got the accessible Kindle for iOS app. And this was huge because one version, it was completely inaccessible and they released an update and everything worked. And so there was a lot of people that were just thrilled that they could access books that maybe weren't available on Bookshare or NLS, but that were on the Kindle store and you could buy them and read them on your iPhone or your iPad with the accessible Kindle app. I think it was a big step forward uh, for Amazon, at least in the right direction, to getting their products accessible. And it just happened so fast. I mean, it was totally unexpected. It was just like, boom. Yeah, pleasant surprise. Oh, all of a sudden, it was just there, and you're like, oh, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Welcome to this demonstration of the Kindle iOS app for your iPod Touch, iPhone, or iPad that is now fully accessible with VoiceOver. 
as of this recording in the first week of May 2013. There's a couple of points just to note. The first one is you'll need an Amazon account so that then you can actually use the Kindle app to access the books that will be attached to your Amazon account. When you run the app for the first time, you'll need to register that with that Amazon account. You need to use a web browser, so on the iPhone it would be Safari, to purchase books and or again samples if you wish. That will then be wirelessly sent to your device. Basically the whole screen is a list of books, but if I touch towards the bottom left hand side of the screen, just above the home button, over to the left. Switch to grid view button. Okay, I've got a control that says switch to grid view. So at the moment it's in list view, so one title under each other, or a grid going across the screen if I changed it to that option. Kindle for iOS accessibility gestures, quick reference guide, I am Michael book downloaded. So that book has already been downloaded to my device. If I want to open that particular book I can now do a one finger double tap to open it which I'll now do quickly and we'll come back to it later. Menu off. Double tap for menu. Swipe two fingers down for continuous reading. Tap. Tap and hold to select text. Kindle store. Buy and download to your iOS device. You okay so it's basically starting to read the content of that Kindle iOS book. And of course you heard it say menu off when it went into the book and the whole screen is basically the book content now. And I'll go through this in much more detail but for the moment if you'd like to start reading you could just do a two finger swipe down for continuous reading of voiceover. You can do a three finger flick left or right to move screen by screen. You could do a two finger flick up to read from the top of the screen to the bottom etc. So I'm going to touch towards the bottom of the screen. Midshipman's Hope, the Seafort Salga, Fiend Touch, David, I'm going to flick to the right. Conspiracy 300 and Lyriel, Nick Lord Valentine's Cup, Demon, Percy Jackson, The Hunger Games, Gasparilla's Treasure, Wearing the Cape, Harmon, Marion G. Book not downloaded. Double okay, tap to now, download book. Here's a book that has not been downloaded to my device. As you actually heard it say, book not downloaded and the fact that you could double tap it with one finger to download to your device. So if I do one finger double tap now Wearing the cape, Harmon, Mary and G. Downloading, 0.0% view options, button. There's view options, one finger double tap. White theme, button. Okay, so that lands on white theme. And remember this is a background colour. So let me touch towards the top right hand side of the screen. Bookmark, button. Okay, so Off. there's our bookmark Double button. tap to one set bookmark to at Horson. There's the title. Home, button. There's the home button again, okay. So one finger flick to the right. At Horson, bookmark, return to book. There's our return to book. Double Mains tap to dismiss the, the menu, screen. Georgia. Georgia, which is actually a font. That's the font. Now one finger flick to the right. Decrease font size. Button. Okay, now decrease font size is below that font control. And you've got decrease on the left hand side and increase on the right hand side. But of course I'm just flicking because I'm lazy with the voiceover cursor. So one finger double tap on decrease font. Decrease font size. Okay, now as you can tell, it's not telling us what the font size is. One finger double tap. Decrease font size. Okay, if I do one finger flick to the right. Increase font size. One Button. Double tap. Increase font size. One finger double tap. Increase font size. Okay, and I'm increasing and decreasing the font size. So one finger flick to the right. White theme. Button. Now this is on a row below the decrease and increase font size. So if I touch the screen on the left. Decrease font size. White theme. Okay, button. Got white theme. I'm going to drag my finger across this row this time. Black theme. Button. Black theme. 
sepia theme, button. Okay, or sepia theme. Now if I do another one finger flick to the right. Brightness, 100%, adjustable. Okay, this is the brightness Swipe control. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. So if I do one finger flick down. 90%, as you can 80%, 90%, 100%. So let me return to the book. At the moment in this demonstration, I can't find any way of going back to the previous menu on this current screen. So I'm just going to tap in the middle of the screen. Return to book. Menu off. Okay, bring the menu double up again. Double tap for I'm menu. Double tap. Double menu on. Return to book. Okay, come down to the bottom. Back button. There's our back button. I'm going to drag my finger view right options. over to the right. Button. There's our view options button. Go to button. Okay, and there's our go to button. So one finger double tap. Go to cancel button. Now this time at the top right hand side of the screen as you heard, there's that cancel button. So if I touch the top right hand side of the screen. Cancel button. Okay, there's the cancel button. So if I do one finger flick to the left, can't go any further. One finger flick to the right. Go to heading. And here's the go to heading. One finger flick to the right. Cover. So we can go to the cover of the book. One finger flick to the right. Not available for this title. Table of contents. Okay, not available for this title, which is the table of contents. One finger flick to the right. Beginning. That's to jump to the beginning of the book. One finger flick to the right. Location. Ellipsis. Location. So jump to a percentage throughout the book. One finger flick to the right. Five books in series. 37 characters. One super short synopsis. One organization. 14 important places. Book extras. Okay, so that gives us information about the book and some other details, including the fact that there's five books in the series. Okay, so back into the book menu again. One finger double tap. Menu on. Return to book. Down towards the bottom to that bar. Go to button. That's the go to. Let me drag my finger over to the right. Search button. That's the search button. Mm. One finger double tap on search. Search field is editing. Character mode. Enter search phrase. Okay, and I'm just going to type in sorry and see what we get. S S O O R R R R Y Y. Search. Starting to search. Horizontal ellipse. 17 results. That's not too bad. 17 results. So one finger flicks to the right. Going outside the ship. I'm sorry, Hal replied. I assumed you knew that the AE-35 unit was on the antenna mounting. I probably did, a year ago. Okay, so let's go to that particular hit. So one finger double tap. Double tap for menu. Swipe two fingers down for continuous reading. Tap, tap and hold to select text. I'm sorry, Hal replied. Okay, now I want to highlight that particular item. So I'm going to do one finger double tap and hold. Routine. Pink highlight button. Okay, and now it's brought up a highlight mention so we can actually highlight. Okay, so currently we've got an options for different highlights. So we've got touching to about a third, a third way down the screen. Pink highlight okay, button. Pink highlight. Blue highlight button. Yellow highlight button. Orange highlight button. Create a note button. Okay, I'm going to button to create a note. Share button. We can share the text. And that again, that's out via Twitter and Facebook. So I'm going to select blue in a minute. But what I wanted to show you is something very nice. If I come down. Leftmost selection edge. Adjustable. This is actually Double very tap amazing. and hold then drag to increase the selection size. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust okay, the value. I can actually adjust what's currently been selected when I did that highlight on the screen. So if I do one finger flick up. Four. Selection for routine. Okay, so as you can tell, it's only got the last bit of the four red team. So I'm going to expand that highlight. Designate member, crew, the, was, who, pool, said, find me, suit, that, unit, new, a, in, put, and, panel, a, unlock, to, have, only, we, job, straight, a, looks, it, anywhere, aboard, subs, thousand, eight, are, there, but, ago, year, a, did, probably, I, mount, and, tether, on, what, you, a, the, that, new, you, assume, I, reply, how, sorry, I'm, selection, I'm sorry, Hal replied. 
I assumed you knew that the AE-35 unit was on the antenna mounting. I probably did, a year ago. But there are 8,000 subsystems aboard. Anyway, it looks a straightforward job. We only have to unlock a panel and put in a new unit. That suits me fine, said Poole, who was the crew member designated for routine. Okay, and of course I could also adjust the right hand boundary of that highlight. So as you could tell, it's really easy to highlight, particularly what you want to do using the Kindle iOS app. Okay, so that's my current highlight, and I'm going to mark it blue, so I'm going to touch the screen again. Yellow highlight, button. Drag my finger to the left. S blue highlight, button. One finger double tap. S double tap for menu. Okay, Swipe so two fingers down for continuous reading. Okay, let me bring up the book menu, and we can see if we can check that highlight. So one finger double tap. Menu on. Return to okay, book. down towards the bottom to find the go to button. Search button. Okay, it's a search button. Drag my finger to the left. Go to button. Go to, one finger double tap. Go to. Cancel. Okay, button. now because I've actually highlighted something now, it will now be in that go to menu. It's touched towards the top of the screen. Go to heading. One finger flip to the right. Cover. Table of content. Beginning. Page. Location. Not available for this. My notes and marks. Okay, so now you can tell we've got an option now that says notes and marks. So that will come up as soon as you've done any notes or highlight. Okay, so one finger double tap. How is that? That's absolutely cool. It's just read out or would have read out the whole highlight if I hadn't stopped it. Hello, this is Paul Fauche from Hammond, Louisiana, wishing you a happy holidays on Main Menu. This is Ronald Weeks, W-E-E-K-S, wishing all of our main menu listeners a very pleasant holiday season. main menu listeners I'm Chris Coulter I hope you have a happy holiday season and that 2014 is the best year you've ever had hi this is Beth a longtime main menu fan and sending a holiday greeting is my plan. I wish staff and listeners a safe and happy season, and I give permission to overeat for any reason. I so appreciate everything Main Menu staff does to give us the latest in technology buzz. And now, as this email drifts out of sight, I say happy holidays, and to all a good night. Just recently, there we covered um, uh, 
I believe Mary uh, Emerson did the, the review of uh, the accessibility of uh, one of the new uh, Kindle hardware devices. Yep, the Kindle Fire HDX, I believe is the full name of it. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Kindle Fire is Amazon's tablet. It runs a form of Android. And again, it was just because of how they had developed it completely inaccessible. Uh, it's not perfect yet. There's still some accessibility limitations, but there's at least some basic accessibility. And right when this device came out, Mary Emerson, who is on the main menu staff, um, bought one of these and demoed it a little bit for us. And hopefully in 2014, we'll demo it a bit more extensively. But at least now there is also a hardware Kindle device that's accessible. Hi, everybody. This is Mary Emerson, and I'm going to talk a little about the Kindle Fire HDX. The device should work as a music player, as a book reader from Audible or from the Kindle store, and it also has functions for hearing impaired people. I especially look forward to checking out the monaural single channel function. I'm recording this on the same day that I received it, and I did a previous recording as I turned the thing on for the first time, and I'll be sharing some of that recording in this segment. To turn on the device, you push the power button, and what you have to do when you turn it on for the first time is you have to unlock the device. There's an icon on the device that says unlock, and what worked for me was I started at the top and started near the middle of the screen on the top row. Let's say you divide this thing into rows like print on the pages of a book. And you move one finger from the middle of the screen towards the left, but not all the way to the left. And I did that repeatedly going down, for example, row one, row two. To get the accessibility to work, you push the power button, you hold it down while you take two fingers. I used my index finger and middle finger of my right hand. You spread them out slightly. You don't want them touching each other, but just spread them out and you place them on the screen and hold them in one place. You don't move them around at all. And as you continue to hold the power button down, you will hear a chime. You hear the chime rather soon after you hold the power button down. Keep holding down two fingers to enable accessibility. Accessibility enabled. You can find accessibility information about this device. I guess the easiest way to do this would be to do a Google search for Kindle Fire HDX accessibility. That might get you where you need to go. I use the Serotalk podcast, the first podcast that they had in November, and if you look at the show notes, there's a link to Kindle Fire itself, and right below that there's an accessibility link, and that's how I got to the page with all the information on it. You know, medications are not something that's fun to talk about, but it's one of those things that a lot of us have to deal with, um, and there's been a lot of issues how visually impaired people can know what medication they have, uh, how much to take, when it expires. But there was um, a lot of interesting announcements about a company that's making a prescription reading device 
working with pharmacies to get it implemented and giving it away even for free. David, you spoke with someone from this company earlier this year about this new... Yeah, Script Talk, and um, it's, it is it is quite something else. It it's, it's, uh, works very well. The, it's growing, or, or it is growing around the country. Um, the, the best way for a person to really uh, uh, get involved and be able to to use it is um, would be for a person to go to the web page and uh, get the information, contact them, find out where they can use it, avail get availability to it in their local area. There's a lot of the Walgreens stores um, in some areas using it. Uh, my understanding was that there might be some Walmart stores also using it. But uh, it is expanding, and um, there have been hearings not too long ago uh, in, D in, in Washington, D.C., um, to get some some more teeth behind the uh, requirements that the that uh, the pharmacies make the label is accessible and uh, I think we'll probably hear a lot more about that uh, not only from this company but from probably other places in, in 2014 the really exciting thing about this and the way the company that's making this product does things is that they're working directly with the pharmacies. So if you exactly. live in an area where you can't have this, you know, you don't have access to this product, um, this company is going out and just asking the pharmacy, hey, here's a deal. Here's how we can get this visually impaired person access to their prescriptions. Yeah. So that's exciting to me that the pharmacies are working with this company to get this implemented. And I think it makes it easier in some ways because they can go in with the knowledge to be able to talk to the pharmacist that you or I are not going to have. Right. As, as individuals, it's just we're not going to be able to talk to the pharmacist on the level that these folks will be able to talk to them. And since they're the one with the product, they can, they can, they can. I think sell the product to to the pharmacist easier. Yeah, they have the knowledge of you know all of the technology and the pharmacy uh, things like that that, like you said, we don't have. So they're doing well, a great job getting this implemented. And, and it's easy. It's going to be easier for them to say the, is if you have this, this, and this, then you have everything you need, hardware-wise, software-wise, whatever. You know, uh, or or to tell them what they do need, right? You know, that yeah, I think that's that's the the nice part of it, and for for us, the nice part is to be able to go to their website and and look and see what is available close to us, or if there is or isn't anything close to us. 
I am very pleased to have with me on Main Menu today Anna McClure from Envision America. And Anna is the Director of Marketing and Industry Relations. ScriptTalk is our accessible prescription reading device. And um, we've we've had a lot going on with the ScriptTalk recently. So <laughs> um, this let me just explain the system a little bit for those who may not know. Um, the pharmacy or a, a participating pharmacy encodes and attaches a little RFID tag, a little um, sticker label that has um, a little microchip inside, and it stores all of the printed label information. And it's transferred directly from the pharmacy software into the ScriptTalk software, so all the information is exactly the same. The pharmacist doesn't have to re-enter. He doesn't have to stand there and um, verbally record a message or anything. It's just exactly as it's printed on the label. And um, the patient at home has a small handheld reading device, and then they have their prescription container with the um, talking label or the RFID label on it and they turn their reader on press the read button and then just um, place their prescription container on the top and I'll um, let it play through uh, part of the label so you can hear all the information John Smith medication Amoxis 250 milligram tablet instruction take one tablet three times daily with meal prescription date December 21st 2013 refills remaining zero prescriber Dr. William Samuel, to reorder this prescription, dial, area code 309-555-1212, prescription number, 1234567, warning, important finish of this medication, unless otherwise directed by prescriber, take with food, other information, quantity, 30 tablet, prescription expiration, December 21st, 2014. So that was all the information on that label, and <laughs> you can see it's going to give you everything all the way up through the warning. Um, yeah, the warnings at the end. You know, take with food or water, or may cause drowsiness, whatever. You've got information to um, call the pharmacy and get a refill. You know what you're taking, um, it, the strength, uh, the dosage, how to take it. All of that vitally important information is available that you can listen to whenever you want to. Now I played the entirety of the label, but you can also toggle through the information. You can listen to each section. You can have something repeated. Um, you can jump ahead if you just want to get a pharmacy phone number or you missed the directions, you want to hear that again, you can go back and listen to it. So you've got all of that information that um, is available. We've got pharmacies all across the country that are currently offering uh, the Script Talk labels. And um, you can go to our website and we have a list there. You can look up by state or by zip code. Um, we have a couple of pharmacy chains that are currently offering. Walmart is one of them. They have about 33 sites across the country right now. And they also have their mail order. And um, we're hoping to add some more sites with them this year. We have another pharmacy chain that just started last week uh, with their mail delivery. And you can go online and check and see which one that one is. And, um, and then again, we've got other pharmacies all across the country and several that do mail order. So even if an individual doesn't have a pharmacy in their neighborhood um, or their personal pharmacy is not currently offering this, we, um, we can get them set up with another pharmacy or we will also work with them to try to get their pharmacy going too. We have a program right now. It's called the Pharmacy Freedom Program, and uh, the Script Talk Reader is free to our patients. So anyone who needs a Script Talk Reader, we will provide one on a permanent long-term loan as long as they're using.
using it and they have a participating pharmacy that's providing those special tucking labels, then the reader is free for them. So that's a um, really great option. Uh, prescriptions are expensive enough and <laughs> so now you'll be able to access them and um, utilize that free program. We do have a, a number specifically for Script Talk um, and that's 855-SPEAK-RX. It's 855-773-2579. The Orion TI-84 Plus Talking Calculator. Well, I want to tell you what. The, the, the night this aired on Main Menu, I sat there and I'm telling you what. I, I, uh, I uh, <laughs> already had a lot of respect for our executive producer, but the more I heard him talk about this stuff, I sat there and with my background in technology and so forth, uh, I was uh, I was still amazed, and I've had statistics classes in that. I uh, probably wish you would have had this. Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of talking scientific calculators that have been out, or not a lot, but there have been some, and there's been some graphing calculator apps for the desktop, but there hasn't really been an accessible scientific and graphing, just a handheld calculator. And if you're not familiar with the TI-84 from Texas Instruments, it's an extremely popular calculator. It's been out for oh, probably 20 years or so, but it's used in high schools, colleges, um, businesses where they do a lot of calculations. It's a really popular calculator. And um, APH and Texas Instruments and another company, um, Orbit Research, work together to not change the calculator, just add speech output to all of its functions. Everything from, you know, your addition and subtraction to your graphing, your matrices, um, your statistics, the financial part. And so as a student myself, it's amazing to have a calculator that's doing all this. And as you'll hear in this excerpt from the interview, um, it works the same way as the TI-84 without speech does. So a teacher, a math teacher who might be familiar with a TI-84 can instruct a blind student on the use of this calculator. Even though it's accessible and it has speech output, it works the same way. You know, the same button will perform the same task. So this is, to me, a really exciting product. And since we did the interview, there have been a couple of updates to the calculator that have added accessibility to a few more parts of the calculator, fixed some bugs. And so uh, it's a changing product, and it's a really really amazing calculator. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin. Today I'm speaking with Ken Perry, who is a programmer at the American Printing House for the Blind. We're discussing a brand new product from APH today. This is the Orion TI-84 Plus Talking Graphing Calculator, which is a very interesting calculator. It provides access to all of the functions of this very popular calculator and you can do all of the graphing and everything you would expect. It's got all the basic features, everything from a, a plus minus divide. It also has statistics, it has financial, it has matrices, it has the ability to graph both audibly and with um, text. So for instance, it can it can make sounds for the graph or it can do the XYs as you move through it. Uh, it has scientific functions, logarithmic. It has all your, all your more 
uh, everything from sixth grade probably to college level math, integrals, derivatives, things like that. Mainly, it's the basic TI-84 calculator. The basic TI-84 calculator has a USB port and a dated link port. So when they created this device that actually connects to the top part, they had to make some small modifications to TI-84, but not really to the calculation part. It's more to a data uh, stream type part so that it could talk to the top part quickly enough. And what they've done is uh, they've sent the output of the calculator to the top part to do some signal processing so that you can have sounds for each of the graph um, points and things. So really what this is is a screen reader on top of the calculator and it, it watches what the calculator does and creates speech sound for what's actually on the screen. So if a teacher picks up this, they are actually looking at exactly what the TI-84, original TI-84 would, would show, and then the Orion uh, accessory attachment that's on top of the calculator makes that into some kind of speech form. Um, whether it be in speech mode, it would say something like X and Y. If it's in audible mode, it'll give you tones depending on where you are on the graph. Can you talk about the different ways that the unit provides output about the graph on the screen? Yeah, the nice thing about this calculator is it's also updatable. So as we come up with better ways to do things, you will see updates to this calculator. So for instance, currently we have haptic feedback. So the top unit does have vibration in it. Um, So as you're going left to right, if you get into the negative region, you can turn it on so that the calculator vibrates when you're in the negative region of the graph. If you want, you can also have sound feedback for that. So it'll have like a static hiss when you're in the negative region. Um, When you're listening to the graph, uh, it's in stereo. So it moves from left to right. The tone goes higher depending on where you are on the graph. So if you you start on the left, if you're really low, it'll be vibrating. And as it moves up, it will cross and the vibration will stop and you'll continue to hear the tone go up. And then as it goes back down, you you can hear it go up and down as it goes from left to right. And then you can move along the graph singly at a time just using the calculator cursor and panning through it. Is the Orion graphing calculator available on the federal quota program for students who would like to use this in K-12? Yes, uh, it is definitely on quota. Just to list the price point, it's, it's at $599, and it's on quota, and you can also buy it with, like, he, like you said, it's purchasable by cash as well. In the long run, uh, we also, that's one thing I uh, we didn't mention in this uh, interview, we're also going to have Braille output. Um, it has the ability to hook to a Braille display, and since it has um, micro output, we, we hope to upgrade as, you know, things become available that you can hook it to. So if you can, you know, imagination's the limit, we, we just hope to keep this calculator going. The best way to get to this is is to go to the tech.aph.org uh, website. And that is the main index page for all our products. Uh, it'll be a link on that page. Uh, you can click on the uh, Orion TI-84 page, and that'll take you to the documentation. If you're looking for things like the Quick Start, that'll be under Resources once you go to that link. In order to order it, I think the best place to go is shop.aph.org. Uh, you can also find the phone numbers and things there if you want to call and order it. GW Socialize. Now that's an add-on, was an add-on product to Window Eyes that uh, they came up with uh, back in, I believe, summer of 2013. Mm-hmm. Facebook is one of those things that we all kind of have a love-hate relationship with, I guess. You know, it's a lot of people really like Facebook to connect with family and friends, but uh, the website is not the best for accessibility and it changes pretty much every day. And GW Micro stepped up to the plate and created an application that can be used with Window Eyes or any other screen reader called GW Socialize that provides access to not all but a good majority of Facebook's functions. And I was um, I had the opportunity to get Jeremy Curry from GW Micro on main menu 
right after Socialize was announced to talk about uh, some of its features. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and today I'm speaking with Jeremy Curry from GW Micro. We're talking about a brand new software product from GW Micro called Socialize, which provides an accessible interface to access Facebook. So GW Socialize is a program that basically enhances access to Facebook. So we recognize that there were lots of people who wanted to use Facebook. One of the issues with Facebook is it's a great website and they have a great accessibility team really trying to improve it. But there's so much going on because there's dynamic content that comes up all of the time that a screen reader may not necessarily get. There's a chat function that a screen reader may not necessarily get. Um, So while it can be possible to interact with some of that using the mobile site, uh, it, it still can be a little bit difficult and using the full site, it was even more difficult. So it's a, it's a separate application that you run. It's not self-speaking, but a sighted or a blind user could use it. You install it on a Windows-based PC, and once you do that, it gives you access to most of your favorite items on Facebook using a simple menu interface and a user interface that you can tab around and easily chat with your friends or read uh, statuses or things of that nature. So essentially what it's doing is it's enhancing Facebook and giving people a very easy way to be able to access it. But there are things that we would like to add. For an example, if you've liked something, so Facebook gives you the ability to like a comment, for example, there's no way to unlike it. That's not because we don't want people to unlike something. It's just because Facebook doesn't allow us to do that. Uh, So hopefully more of that stuff will open up. Nice thing for people who are not Windowize users is it doesn't require Windowize. So it doesn't matter if you're using Windowize or not. That's one of the questions we often get. If you're a JAWS user or NVDA or something else, as long as you're using a Windows-based PC, you've got the ability to use GW Socialize. When you first log into Socialize after you activate it on your system, you've got the area where you can update your status, and then you can tab, and that's where all of your friends' statuses are, where you can up and down arrow through them. And you tab again, and then you're to the list of people who you can chat with. Uh, There is, in the tools menu, a place where you actually have to log in separately to be able to chat with people. That's something that we've documented and we've had to talk about, and that was because of the Facebook, again, the Facebook API, the way we had to interact with it. So you have to log in to socialize, and then you have to log into the chat. But you are able to definitely chat with individuals. What is the price for socialize? It's based on an annual subscription. And so rather than just having something that is paid once and you may have to pay for an upgrade, what we've done is we've said, okay, if you pay for an annual subscription, we'll give you unlimited upgrades. Socialize would be $50 per year. Well, those are the things that we have down here that we're actually uh, have some demos of. Certainly not everything, but it was kind of, you know, the major uh, releases through the year. We've covered, obviously, a lot of other things, too. Mm Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff are we planning on for 2014? Well, I don't know. You're the executive producer, sir. What are you doing asking me those things? What I know one of the things that we... You're the executive producer. You're supposed to have the first six months all lined up already, right? <laughs> I'm working on that, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know one of the things that we've talked about is uh, getting Harry Brown back on the show, for those yeah. of you who... I don't know Harry. He's our automated vehicle, uh, our driverless car specialist. 
Uh, we haven't had them on the show for probably a year or so, but there's been some really exciting advancements in the uh, driverless car field, so uh, we'll be hearing about that pretty soon, I think. Yeah, I, I, when I get a hold of him right here or pretty soon, it's been, I think, just just over a year since we heard from him. So it's time. <laughs> it is. And Android accessibility is another area that people ask us about all the time, and Google's done some amazing things with TalkBack and BrailleBack um, to get Android way more accessible than it was just a year ago. Um, there's now a lot of visually impaired people using Android smartphones, Android tablets uh, every day and, you know, doing their email and their texting and their calling, their web browsing on them, and it's working well. Uh, we know we haven't covered Android as extensively as we uh, need to. We've covered it, but not super extensively, so... Right. We should be getting a lot more Android coverage also, hopefully, in 2014. Well, Another thing to look forward to. We'll hopefully be able to do more on Android in this coming year. Um, been looking at it some myself, and I and I know that we're, I'm talking to a few other people that we may be able to get some information from. I understand, speaking of Android, I understand there is a new... Um, Android-based, um, uh, what I want to say, money recognition software out, so that um, you can that you can get and put on your Android device and be able to recognize money, just like we do on the uh, i devices with um, uh, i i uh, with. Uh, yeah, iNode or um, um, Looktel Looktel uh, money recognizer so that sounded encouraging and um, so we will hopefully be covering more on the Android front over the coming months uh, we did had get some information about a company in the DC area that was offering uh, a special package for blind folks so uh, an Android uh, uh, Nexus 4 uh, phone, uh, 16 gig for I think it was $330, and uh, I guess there was supposed to be some special uh, uh, training that went with it. But um, the bottom line, as far as what we could see, was that the big problem with it was there was only 30 days of support. And frankly, I don't care whether it's Android, iOS, I do, you know, anybody's uh, accessible phone these days, if it's a, if we're talking a smartphone here, uh, you're going to need a whole lot more than 30 days of support. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, well, I think it, it could have, could have had some potential, it just needed, um, more support than 30 days so um yeah the we 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 know there are some things coming along with the um well with nine point with 10.9.1 with mavericks yep um there's a lot of things interesting that are coming up um there was just very recently another keysoft update for the braille note uh, 10.9.1 for the Mac, like you said, iOS 7.1, Android uh, uh, KitKat, 
uh, new Android version is just rolling out now and getting popular. Uh, so there's a lot of releases that are just on their way out the door or soon to be released that we will be covering as well. We're always looking for coverage of the newest technology. Uh, so if you use something that we haven't covered, maybe if you're an Android user or you found a pretty cool app on the computer or on your phone, whatever it is, and you think that it should be covered on main menu and you are comfortable doing a demo for us, feel free to let us know that you would like to do a review. Um, if you have something you'd like to demo for us or you have any questions for us, suggestions, comments, you know, if you just want to tell us that you've enjoyed this uh, two-hour year special, too, you can do that. You can always contact us by email mainmenu at acbradio.org, or you can get in touch with us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash mainmenu. At mainmenu is our Twitter uh, name, and you can get in touch with us there as well. So there's also the Main Menu Friends mailing list uh, where you can get in touch with a lot of main menu listeners as well as all of us on the main menu team you can subscribe to that by sending an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org so if you have something you'd like to demo for us we'd love to hear it or if you just want to get in touch with us please do so we always enjoy hearing from our listeners so don't be afraid to get in touch it's been fun doing all this through 2013 too we've covered a lot when I was putting the, the show together I just realized how much we've covered. So we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I think I've enjoyed it, David. I'm sure you have, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. We've covered a lot. And I'd just like to thank everybody on the uh, main menu staff for uh, working with us and, you know, giving us advice when we needed it, doing a lot of the, a lot of the demos you've heard on air, uh, doing some editing for us, just anything. The main menu team is awesome, great to work with, and I'd like to thank them, too. All right, and... I want to take this chance to, to thank everybody for, for their comments and compliments. Uh, I've received emails and uh, the mailing list has received emails. Lots of emails from people thanking us for what we do on Main Menu, and we sincerely appreciate it. And we pre uh, also appreciate your participation in the program. So if you have uh, something that you can uh, talk about or uh, for us on Main Menu, we'd love to hear from you. And we look forward to just doing this again in 2014 and seeing all of the new technology that's going to be released through this next year. Right. And by this coming and by this coming year, why we'll be able to um, maybe share a share a drink with a Coke with you right over the internet, and, you know. Never know what's going to be happening. Make so. some popcorn, too. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> so, you know, if that happens, we'll cover it here. So just stay tuned to Main Menu and, you know, find out if we can uh, share food with you. Yeah, there you go. We might have to charge you, though. You know, we yeah, haven't yeah. talked about that You never know. <laughs> Thank you again for being with us today on Main Menu. We always appreciate having you here. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you back again here next week on Main Menu.